break by Chaff. Chaff, hope you've been getting on in these last few weeks, mate. Yeah, not too bad, thank you very much. Nice to be returning to some sort of normality, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're on our way now, I think, but still going to be a while until we get down to Scotland, unfortunately. Um, we've also got Ryan with us once again. Ryan, how have you been the last few weeks, mate? Yeah, good, man. Busy. Um, but, yeah, all good. You? Yeah, same here. Um, end of the end of the football season has been definitely um, 100 mile an hour with work for me, but enjoying it. It's definitely better than uh, it was a few months ago, so... Instead of looking back on some better memories of watching Dale today, we thought we'd go through our worst ever Dale 11. Um, this is one that I think a few people have asked us to do. So I think we were putting it off for a while because we didn't want to um, sort of bring back bad memories whilst everyone was missing Dale. But I think it's maybe time um, maybe time we dusted off the history books and had a look at some of those players that we didn't really enjoy watching at Dale. So we're going to go through each position and, and sort of pick a player between us so we'll start with um with goalkeepers and chaff you wanted to mention someone from before me and ryan's time who, who still gets spoken about now as one of the the worst goalkeepers to ever play for dale yeah matt dickens um anybody sort of over the age of about 30 when they're asked who the worst ever goalkeeper for Rochdale is is going to say matt dickens and the thing is he only played about four games for us um, so that must have been quite an impression. Well, it was quite an impression that he made. He came on loan from uh, Blackburn Rovers. Um, Kenny Dalglish had signed him for Blackburn Rovers, and I think he ended up getting. He was back part of the. He was a backup goalkeeper when they won the league in '95, um, which is startling, given how ridiculously bad he was. He played 14 games and he conceded some like 15, 16 goals. And he was just absolutely horrendous. Made mistakes. It just it just looked like an absolute fraud. I've no idea how he was playing professional football, let alone for a team or contracted to a team in the top division. It was just completely bizarre. But he absolutely deserves a mention. Um probably the first mention, yeah, I think it's well deserved. He's awful. <laughs> Yeah, he, like I said, there he's one that still gets mentioned now, and although it's before me and Ryan's time, um, I think it's fair to say that he's definitely one of the first names that gets mentioned when people talk about the worst ever Dale players, and perhaps for Blackburn, one of those sliding doors moments. If if they'd have had an injury to, I think Tim Flowers would have been the first choice keeper around then, wouldn't he? Maybe if they'd yeah. have had an injury to them, that title never would have been for them. If Dickens would have been coming in, but uh, Ryan, is there anyone that you'd you'd like to mention that perhaps a little bit more recent that? Uh, that might be worth um, a claim to the number one shirt in this dreadful team? Yeah, um, I don't know too much about Dickens, but for me, from what I've seen, Magnus Norman has to be in there. Just dreadful. Um, I can't remember how many games he had. He might have played maybe eight, perhaps more. I can't remember. But in each game, he was terrible. He was just sort of... He just didn't have anything. He didn't come out and claim, you know, his handling worked great. He wasn't a short stopper. Couldn't kick. Just couldn't understand it. And I'll, I'll never forget that tweet where he tweeted saying announcement in an hour or something. And we were all excited, like, who's this going to be? There were a couple of rumours flying around. And then the announcement was, we are delighted that Magnus Norman has extended his stay. And... Nobody, barring the person who runs that Twitter account, was delighted that he was staying because he was he was terrible. 
And he was a big part of why we were bad that season as well, I think. He was just, what's he doing now? Nothing. I've no idea, to be honest. Is he still at Fulham? Oh, he was, he was, I think he was Fulham he was on loan from, weren't it? Yeah. I think he's played a couple of games this season for Fulham's wow. under 21s or whatever in the pay bot, bloody leasing.com, whatever it's called, trophy. Well, I've just we Googled him and, and the tennis players come up ahead of him, so <laughs> uh, I, think <laughs> says, I think that says it all. Yeah, I think, yeah, looking at it, his last, um, his last professional games were for us and he's still on the books at Fulham, but um, it'd be a surprise if he ever if he ever became a first team player. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that tweet as well. I remember came on the on the back of the defeat at Doncaster, which was the worst of his bad performances as well. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a. I think that was a real low moment, weren't it, for Dale fans in the last few years? But um, that Doncaster game, I've I've never been angrier at a goalkeeping <laughs> performance in my life. And it, it got to the point where people, where the, the away end was chanting, there's only one Josh Lillis. And I've never known that. And then it was only a few days after that that bloody tweet came out. And oh, I was raging, absolutely <laughs> raging. I think um, we've been quite lucky, really, with sort of permanent keepers. But we have had a few bad loanies, like the, the two we mentioned there. One permanent one that I think... Maybe it's, this is a little harsh, but I have pretty bad memories of James Spencer. Um, I didn't think he was great. I remember a game at Stockport, which I think was his former club, and he just completely lost his head, and two goals were very much his fault, like really bad mistakes. And then after that, his confidence just looked short, and I think he's another one that, that never really um, played in the Football League after that. So um, he'd be sort of like a... Not, my, not a nomination, because I don't think he's quite as bad as the other two, but... Um, one that I would, I think, probably deserves a mention. But who are we going for between us? And personally, I think, even though it's before our time, I think the fact that Dickens still gets talked about now maybe puts him into that that spot. But what are you saying, guys? I'm I'm genuinely torn between the two. Um, I was I was young when Matt Dickens was in there, probably ten or eleven or something like that. Um, so I don't remember a great deal like of his performances, but. He's, he's like a legend for all the wrong reasons, isn't it? Um, but Magnus Norman is a lot fresher in the memory, and just just saying his name makes me angry. <laughs> so I might actually lean towards Norman on that. Yeah, I'm struggling because I can't. I obviously never saw Dickens. I've not heard much about him, but I'm struggling to believe we've had a worse goalkeeper than Magnus Norman. But I'm I'm happy to go with a consensus on that. Well, I think if Chaff's going for uh, Norman as well, and, and he he nominated Dickens and I'm happy to go with Norman Dickens was before my time anyway but um, yeah like you say Chaff before I think it was it was um, notable that he was the first person we mentioned on this podcast so uh, alright so that's Magnus Norman in goal um, we move to right back and Chaff who who would you um, select for the number two spot Mark Bailey um, it, you may not have even heard of him either of you two um, it was a came. To, I think he came to us under Barrow. I think Barrow signed him, um, and he was garbage. He was just absolutely garbage. He, he was another one who'd come from a bigger club, and he was slow. He was he couldn't he couldn't cross, even though he was supposed to have had a, a wand of a right foot. We never actually saw it, and he was really really clumsy. Couldn't tackle at all. Gave away so many free kicks and yellow cards, and. Yeah, he's he's another one where you speak to people of a certain age, 
nobody will have any fond memories of Mark Bailey and I, I think he dropped down the uh, the footballing pyramid very, very quickly after leaving us. I think he played maybe about 40 games, something like that for us. Um, and then, yeah, just drifted into non-league, I think. But yeah, he, he would get my, my pick. He was absolutely dreadful. 40 games, too many by the sounds of things. Um, Ryan, Ryan, who are you going for uh, for a right-back? I struggled at right-back because we've had quite a few good ones, but I've gone with someone who played in a couple of positions for us and was just bad. Um, and I, it's Reese Brown. Um, just a terrible, terrible football player. And I remember I remember Portsmouth away, I think it was when Keno got sent off early on. And they were taking corners. Well, yeah, it was probably our tallest player at the time. And he was taking our corners, and that doesn't swing it by any means. But he was just a bad, bad. Don't know what he was good at. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you what he was good at. He was terrible. And I think he's been, he's been very much non-league, hasn't he? Since I think he's been lower than that. I think he's been bordering semi-pro since, hasn't he? I'm not sure, to be honest, exactly where he's at now. I'll have another Google. See, uh, these are the players that we're not really sure where they've got on to afterwards, which I think says a lot, That's doesn't right. it? Um, for me, it said a lot that he was uh, he was more noted for being Wes Brown's brother than actually being a footballer himself. <laughs> um, and I believe it or not, when he actually signed from Bury, I thought, well, maybe we've got a decent, maybe he can kick on here and we've got a decent enough fullback. But no, he was garbage, weren't he? And we, we, I think the manager, was it Keith? So I uh, realised that really quickly as well, and he very played very little for us. Yeah, he, he only played about four league games, I think, in the end. Um, I've just had a look on his Wikipedia page, and there's no information about where he's gone since. So, if he is still playing, he must be very, very low down um, the pyramid, which I think says a lot about the way that his uh, his Dale career went. I remember that game at Portsmouth as well, Ryan. I think he actually played sort of defensive midfield, didn't he? Um, yeah, in that game, he, he was just yeah. so bad, and that was the first game of the season in his debut, and it was just um, sort of all downhill from there, to be honest. So he was going to be my mention as well. I was going to give a little mention to uh, Warren Goodine, who I have pretty bad memories of as well, but not quite as bad as Reese Brown. So I'm happy to go with Reese Brown if you two are. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so um, other side of the defence then, left back. I think we've got a few more options here, haven't we? Uh, Ryan, I'll come to you first on this one. I've only got one, being honest, and it's got to be the one of the whole team, and it's Michael Simpkins. Um, I was only quite young, so I, I was too young to really hate somebody at the time, but I was close to that with him, because he was just another one where he was just... Who scouted him? Then who decided to sign him? And who gave him his profession, his first professional contract? Because he was... I can't describe him. Can you? Try. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to put into words just how bad Michael Simpkins was. And also, um, Chaff, I'm sure you remember what happened off the field as well when he had a bit of an altercation with one of our fans, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Um <laughs> It takes a special kind of player to invoke such a reaction from a supporter, and then when you give it back as well, yeah, it was just it was just awful, weren't it? It was um, it was Alan Buckley that signed him, 
And I think he must have been like fourth or fifth choice left back because Alan Buckley had decided to go on holiday when he got the Rochdale job, went on a cruise. And by the time he come back, all the decent players had been taken and we were left with absolute dregs. Um, we ended up with Simpkins at left back. And he was, he was just awful, absolutely awful. And I will never forget Torquay away, as I'm sure many supporters will remember, um, down in the bright Devon sunshine. And he got sent, he was that bad in the first half, he got sent off. And half of the away end cheered when he got sent off. And we ended up going on winning the game and it ended up being a really sort of memorable away trip. Um, but it was all started by him actually getting sent off. Um, oh no, he was awful. He was awful. He, he could he could rarely cross a ball. That was about his one decent trip, but he never never got in a position to be able to do it. So yeah, it was it was really really poor. And it'll be a clean sweep for left back, I think this one. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be picking Simpkins as well. I think. Uh, the story that best describes Simpkins for me is my friend Jack. I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but um, I remember going to his house around the time when Simpkins played for us and he showed me like a, a shard of a seat. And he said, yeah, Simpkins broke this seat um, in the last game with one of his shots. Like, don't you sit on the back row of the TDS? <laughs> and that's how bad his shot was, that he'd actually broke a seat on the back row of the TDS with it. Um, yeah, Simpkins definitely gets my my um, nomination as well so I think we'll all go with that but a few a few names I don't know if any of you want to add to this but Mark Twaddle who I think ended up playing centre-half more than left-back but just was not good enough and another one in that similar vein um, Pim Balkestein who played sort of both centre-half and left-back and just I think shot from wherever he got it wherever he was on the pitch he had a he had a dig to me and he was just not um, up to the standard required at League One at the time um, but yeah, Michael Simpkins goes in at left back. So now we need a couple of centre halves. Um, and Chaff, there was a, a player you forgot to mention, but when I mentioned him to you uh, when we were doing our sort of preparation for this, he said it, he's, he's going straight in your team. Oh yeah, John Boardman, you have made the list. <laughs> um, I can't. I can only think that I've subconsciously erased him from my memory to to make my life better. Because he was, he was awful, absolutely dreadful. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't. He was a centre half. He was supposed to be a big centre half. He couldn't win any headers. He had the turning circle of the Titanic, and he couldn't tackle. And he was supposed to be like a big summer signing of Steve Park. I think it was. I'm sure it was Steve Parkin, um, from walking. And I think they were known for having like a really good centre back partnership the season before. But it must have it, it must have been like at Liverpool now. Anybody who plays next to Van Dyke is really really good because <laughs> they had a tall centre half. I think it was called Luke Oliver. Um, he was about six foot seven or something and stuff like that. And he ended up going to a big club, and we ended up with John Boardman. And it was it was just awful, absolutely awful. Yeah, I, I think the the memory that sticks out for me was the penalty he gave away against Berry in the last minute. Uh, of a home defeat to when Bishop scored. Um, just from the yeah from the first game he played, he he just did not look good enough. And every single game seemed to get worse. There's not many players that I remember like genuinely being fearful whenever they were named on the team sheet. But Boardman was definitely one of them. Um, Ryan, anyone else at centre half who who, um, who you've been remembering when we've been talking about our, our least favourite players? I've got a couple. 
Um, the one that really does stick out is Neil Trotman, who was up there on quality level with Simpkins for me. He was, well, God. He came with quite a good reputation, didn't he? He was like, I was excited when we signed him. And then I saw him play. He obviously, we all remember Oldham away, um, where he got sent off stupidly. But that probably wasn't the worst thing he did for us. He was just, he, don't know, I, I was expecting so much more because Steve, uh, you know, coming through, you know, City Academy, I thought, play football, our centre-hours will at least be able to play football. And he couldn't do that. So, I, yeah, just terrible. And I think he's another one where left us and he's he's probably played amateur football since because he were that bad. Um, a couple of other mentions. Pim Bolkestein, who I think played left-back a couple of times. Uh, left-back a few times in centre-half. And one that you might not agree with. But now Canavan, Perm, on loan he was a colossus, but when he came to us permanently, he was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I, I never knew why he was in my team, but Trotman pips those three for me. I think the thing with Canavan was he, when he joined on loan, the pitches were awful. Mm. It was like winter time, and all he had to do was head the ball and clear it. And he looked really good at doing that. As soon as the pitches turned decent and he had time to think and play passes, that's when he fell down. And yeah, when he when he joined permanently, I thought it was awful. Um, going back to John Borman, I've just it's just made me it's angered me having to remember him. Um, <laughs> um, I remember him partnering Rory Mercado at Stockport away, and the uh, the partnership was christened Coco and Krusty. They were that bad. Um, I don't know which one was which, but oh my, oh, I've just had flashbacks and it's awful. <laughs> and if I can add a name as well that deserves a mention, I'm going to go with Simon Coleman. Um, it will probably be before both of your times, but he was a parking signing at the wrong end of his career. Um, I think he'd done well at, or he made a bit of a name for himself at Bolton, and he was horrendous. Um, I don't know whether either of you remember us getting absolutely tonked at home by um, Shrewsbury Town uh, 7-1 I think it was he must have been at fault for three of them and it, for some stupid reason we decided to try and play a back three that day to try and accommodate him and it just went very very wrong and yeah he, I don't fondly remember him at all yeah, I, I do remember Coleman playing, but perhaps I was a little too young to um, to appreciate just how bad he was because I don't seem to remember disliking him as much as some of the other players. Um, one player who I think might be worth a mention, who I think fits into a similar category as Canavan in that he started well when pitches were sort of bad at the end of the season and then when we tried to get him to play football a bit the season after, he was just dreadful and that's um, Ryan Delaney. Uh, I was really impressed with him at first, to be honest. I thought he was going to be a really good signing for us, but just every game he seemed to uh, lose a little bit more confidence. And by the end, I think the, the game at Plymouth, um, which might have been like 4 1, 5 1, something like that defeat, I think that was sort of the beginning of the end for him. And after that, just absolutely awful. And one that I don't think 
everyone would agree with. Um, but personally, I really wasn't impressed with Ryan Edwards when we had him either. I thought he was yeah. um, just uncoordinated, uh, inexperienced, just never felt confident when he had the ball at his feet. And um, I know he's gone on to have a decent sort of lower league career, but yeah, I was never, never particularly sold on him when he came. He was like Delaney, but back in the day. Yeah, very similar sort of like, just a blocker, but when you try to get him to play football, it's absolutely nothing. So who are we going with, with our centre-halves? And I think for me, there's two that stand out, but what are you saying, guys? Trotman. Yeah. Trotman. Yeah. And Boardman. Yeah. Boardman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a pretty easy selection. Trotman and Boardman going at centre half. One of the worst centre half partnerships that you will ever even hear of. Back five eyes. <laughs> um, we're going to midfield and I think we we've agreed on sort of a four three three. Um with with two sort of wide midfielders because we were struggling for central midfielders, but if people have any sort of nominations for central midfielders, I'd be interested to hear them. Um, but we've got a few, and I think we're going to pick one of these, aren't we? So, um, Chaff, I'll come to you first. Anyone you want to sort of offer up as our central midfield player? Um, it's been tough this because I've seen some bad ones, but I don't have many. Like specific memories of him, like Ian Bryson for one. Um, it was a, it was um, a Graham Barra signing. Um, I think he'd been at Preston. I might be wrong, though, but I think he'd been at Preston, and he was bad. Um, Sean McClare, it was another Buckley signing. Um, it done. He was average when he came on loan, and we signed him permanently and. He did nothing. He was. I've never been a great fan of MJ for him being a weak centre midfielder, but <laughs> Sean McClare would make MJ look like Roy Keane. <laughs> um, yeah, he was. Um, Sean McClare was really, really poor. So yeah, Sean McClare would probably get my nomination. I think. Yeah. yeah, he was one of the one of the players that I sort of noted down to mention. But Ryan, have you got anyone you'd you'd like to nominate as a as a worst central midfielder at Dale? I struggled as well, to be honest. But got one down, and it's Ian Craney. He was one of Coleman's mates. Um, really poor. I think there was a friendly where we got. I think we all thought he was a good player because we got muddled up with him and Ray Potterell. And Ray Potterell was actually, I mean, he was, it weren't world beer, don't get me wrong, but he was a decent enough technical footballer. And then when we realised who which one Ian Craney was, um, I think everyone recognised him then each game he played because he was terrible. <laughs> but I think what this has done is shown we've been quite lucky in that area of the pitch because... I really struggled with that. I might just I don't know where I plucked him from because if you asked me last week I wouldn't remember him. But just sitting there for half an hour I remembered Ian Craney and he was just one that didn't make things happen, didn't, you know, stop the opposition playing. He just he stopped us playing if anything. He would he were just really bad, but I'll struggle to vote on this one because I just I don't know who Chaff's guy is and uh yeah, Ian Craney was just so bad. But, yeah, um, struggled with it. In fairness, I'd forgotten about Ian Craney. Right. <laughs> um, and you might just have made my mind up and changed it. 
Yeah, I'm happy to go with, with Ian Craney as well. Um, one player who I thought deserved a mention was John Sullivan, who we had on loan from Blackburn. He saw, I think he came as a winger, but he was playing in central midfield for us and was just dreadful in the in the first few games he played and then got sent off at Swindon uh, with a stupid tackle like five minutes into the game. I think that the suspension that he served ended up being the end of his Dale career and then he went and signed for Berry and was in the press talking about how Berry were such a, a better and bigger club than us and stuff, so that left a sour taste as well. So he definitely deserves a mention but I'm happy to go with Craney what I would say is I think the reason that maybe there's less midfielders for this is that midfielders um, don't stand out quite as much if he, if a defender makes a lot of mistakes then obviously um, it, it's obvious in the scoreline and the goals we concede and equally with forward players if they're missing lots of chances it's, it's really memorable whereas with midfielders sometimes he can get away with not doing as much I think um, which is maybe why We've struggled, but if anyone's got any midfielders they'd like to nominate, then I'd definitely be interested to hear. Um, but sort of in the wider midfield areas, um, who are we going to partner up with, Ian Craney? Uh, Ryan, I'll come to you first on this one. Who have you got to nominate on the right side of midfield? Um, one of them, I can't remember which side he played on, but Lee Cartwright. Um, God. I don't know where to start on him, but he was just... Another one who you just didn't. What did he offer? He didn't offer anything, and he was just, you know, a little guy with long curly hair. You know, you saw him and thought, oh, he must be a bit confident, this fella. He, he's got a bit of something about him. Nothing about him. Bad, very bad. Um, and another one, Keith Barker. I've got on my right side because I think he played on. I think he played on a wing. I had him down as a forward, to be honest. Well, we've got too many forwards, Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I had him on the right side, but I'm happy to explain him in strikers if you want. Well, yeah, we're going to pick three strikers, aren't we? So I think we'll we'll spend quite a bit of time going through strikers, so we'll come to Barker later. I'm sure we've we've all got some pretty bad memories of him. So, yeah, I don't think uh, any of us have particularly fond memories of Lee Cartwright, but is there anyone... On the right hand side, that you'd uh, like to nominate, Chaff? I remember um, Nathan Eccleston signing on loan from Liverpool uh, at the time. It was under, I'm sure it was under Steve Air. Um, and he came with quite a big reputation. I think he'd play like a couple of League Cup games or something like that. And he just offered absolutely nothing. And you could tell in his, you know, that's. Like in his demeanour that he was a bit of a really big bollocks and just never actually backed that up. So he deserves a mention. And then I'm going to go Craig Curran as well. Um, I can't remember where we signed him from. Was it, Car- was it Carlisle? Possibly. He came, did he come permanently but only actually played about four or five games and then was found out yeah. on own? Yeah, something like that. And he was another one who offered nothing. Uh, I think he ended up going over to Ireland and playing over there. But yeah, Craker and what's not a good, good side at all. Yeah, um, pretty bad memories of those two as well. But for me, I think because Carl Wright had that longevity and we had to rely on him in that right right wing berth for, for quite a while, he gets my selection. So are you two happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on the left-hand side, I've got quite a few sort of low knees here, but... Uh, right, I'll come back to you. Anyone you want to nominate 
for left wing? I struggled with this one as well, being honest. Um, and it's probably harsh on my guy, but I've gone Jordan Williams because he was another... You know, he came and you, you heard the players talking in interviews and Keith Hill, I think, and going on about how quick he was. And I never saw it. He never, you know, especially at our level, you can get away, if you're a winger, you can get away with being quick because you don't have to beat a man. You can just knock it round him and go past him. And he never did that. So I, I don't know where that came from, to be honest. And he didn't have any skill. Um, We never saw his finishing ability because he was never in the position. So it's probably harsh to criticise him on that. But he was just a bad footballer. He was a non-league player playing Football League. Um, I think he's actually done... You know, gone on to done all right for uh, for Fylde, hasn't he? Yeah, um, he's had quite a good season by all accounts. Yeah, he's probably found his level then because he did well at Barrow as well. And I think for a lot of pressure on him, you know, one of our you know highest transfer fees that might have come into play, but he just wasn't good enough. It was too much of a step for him, and he he always looked to put hundred percent effort in. So I'm I'm reluctant to be too harsh on him, but he just worked good. He, he worked good enough. Chaff, am I remembering this right? But I seem to remember at Blackburn away, um, you criticising uh, Jordan Williams and then his, well, his dad sat next to you or something. Yeah, you're exactly right. I was <laughs> going to bring that up. Um, it was after, it was at half-time and I think I was uh, talking to a mutual friend of ours, Paul Smith-Markle, and I just said, I just went on a mad rant about Jordan Williams. Um, I said, he's done absolutely nothing. He can't cross, he can't dribble. What does he offer? And this guy turned around to me and said, yeah, he's had a poor game, hasn't he? But I'm his dad. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And I didn't did backtrack, to be fair. I said, well, he's had an absolutely awful first half. And I hope we see some like some of like the, the promise that Keith Phil's like, told us that he's got. And he, he actually sort of explained, he didn't take it that badly, um, thankfully, because he could have lamped me, couldn't he, really? Um <laughs> And he, he said, Keith Hill has no idea what type of player Jordan is. He said, he's put him out on the wing and he's not a winger. So at that point, I was like, I was pretty sceptical about scouting, really. Well, That's to be fair, where, where I, we was gonna play him. He, played him, he played him as a forward quite a few times. Like as a, as a forward in a two, I seem to remember. And he still didn't really do much then, to be honest. I do seem to remember him playing sort of alongside Hendo a few times when we played two up front and... It, I thought, in a way, he looked even less um, involved in the game there. He just didn't look confident at all. And like Rye said, I think probably non-league is his level. Um, Chaff, is there any players you like to offer up as a sort of uh, a counterpoint to, to Jordan Williams? Yeah, to be fair, Jordan Williams wasn't even going to get my vote for, left, <laughs> uh, for the left-hand side. My vote was uh, probably going to go with uh, Ashley Proberts, who was uh, a parking signing. But Parkin signed him solely on the uh, recommendation of Steve Bold because he'd been released by Arsenal. And he signed, and when you sign somebody from Arsenal, it's regardless of who it is, you're going to be you're going to be excited, aren't you? Especially around that time as well, 2004, which he had a really good side, and he, he'd been let go by Arsenal. He moved north, and um, he was another one who was sort of recommended for his crossing ability. And I don't think I saw him put one in in the time that he was with us. And it was just very, very clear 
that he wasn't going to have a professional football career. So we'd been sold the dream by Steve Bold and he was absolutely, well, yeah, he, he wasn't up to it at all. Um, he's probably going to get my vote, but it, I think I don't think you can leave the left-hand side without mentioning Lee Hodges either, um, which is a shame because when Lee Hodges signed, when Simpson signed him, I thought that was it. Me, I went out and I put money on his winning league <laughs> because he'd been outstanding for Scunthorpe. Proper tricky winger. Um, wonderful with a ball at his feet. But I don't know whether it was uh, because he played the same position as Simpson, and which is what sort of hindered McCourt as well. Or there was rumours that he had issues with his feet. Um, he wasn't fit. But yeah, he, he turns out he was one of our worst ever signings because of the money that he was being paid and the impact that he well, ended up not having on our squad. So I think he deserves a mention. But yeah, it's a sad one because I expected a lot from him. Yeah, I think when he joined that summer on paper, we had maybe the three best left-wingers in the league, didn't we? McCourt, Simpson and Hodges and absolutely nothing anywhere else. And, and yet Hodges never quite lived up to the expectation that he came with. I think everyone was really excited, especially because he'd had particularly good games against us um, beforehand as well uh, a, a, a few names that I think maybe deserve a mention um, Sean McConville was pretty dreadful I thought in his in his loan spell from Accrington um, Sam Odalusi as well I can't even remember I think he was on loan from Bolton just offered absolutely nothing um, Glenn Poole as well I seem to remember being really disappointed with him and then he came back with Brentford and scored an absolute screamer against us as well which probably doesn't help my uh, memory of him, um, and I am gonna I'm gonna have to mention Brad Inman as well because he was one of my least favorite players for two years. Um, and when we signed him after the loan spell, where I thought he maybe had two good games at the end of a season long loan, when we signed him then on a permanent, I was just lost for words because I, I just thought he, I thought he was as bad as Jordan Williams, but somehow got away with it with the supporters personally. But that's just that's just me. So <laughs> who are we going with for our uh, left winger spot then? I'm going to go Ashley Proberts. Right. I don't really remember him, but from what I remember, I was excited about him. And it might just be for FIFA reasons, that, but <laughs> for that reason, I'm going to go for Jordan Williams. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Williams as well. I, I do agree that Proberts was a pretty, pretty dreadful player. And I remember... I actually remember having a chat with him um, at like a Junior Dale event and I remember talking to him about training with like Thierry Henry and Robert Perez and looking back now, I think I could see it in his eyes that he was like, I can't believe I've ended up at Rochdale. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Jordan Williams gets the slot just above him. So we'll move on to the forwards then and I know we've all got quite long shortlists for this one, which is why we've decided to go with a formation that's got three strikers. Um, right, I'm going to come to you first and ask for a couple of your shouts, and then Chaff, I'll ask you for some of the uh, some of the older ones that I think you've picked out. But right, anyone you want to put out there for a, for a striker spot? Yeah, there's more than a couple, but I'll try and narrow them down. Um, Calvin Andrews on there because I despise him, <laughs> and he's not very good at anything and never has been. <laughs> 
he couldn't hold the ball up, he couldn't score goals, he didn't have a first touch and he couldn't pass. But he could defend corners, so that was all right. Um, but we'll, I'll, that'll be, I had a rant the other week, so I'll stop on that. Um, next on the list is someone similar, to be fair, Marike Sarko, who was, I know you started following St. Pauli because of him, didn't you, Dean? But he was <laughs> just dreadful for a big man. There's that saying, isn't there? Uh, big touch for a big man. Well, he didn't have one. <laughs> he didn't have anything. And ooh, just so everyone knows, I've got written down now John Shaw, Matthew Barnes-Homer and Anthony Eldin. I'm going to go John Shaw. So I've got three big men there, haven't I? <laughs> uh, but John Shaw was just... We all expected quite big things because... He'd scored quite a few goals. I'm, I'm right in saying that, aren't I? He'd scored quite a few goals in non-league. Yeah, for Halifax. Yeah, and it, it, it came to us and he was sort of like... I think we had a couple previous who'd done similar as in been non-league and scored a few goals, come to us and done all right. Um, and he came and he just couldn't hit a barn door. He was just... He was terrible. It, to be fair, it was probably similar to Jordan Williams where it was perhaps too much of a step for him and... You know, you never really saw a lack of effort in him. But it was just more... He just wasn't good enough. Um, and I think he, he ended up going into non-league, didn't he? And, and stayed there, it's fair to say. And he, Fair play to him if he found his level, but he just he was just so bad for us. Um, but special mention to Matthew Barnes-Homer, who, if I'm right in saying, was on loan from Luton who were in non-league. And we were, yeah, it was worrying when that even happened. <laughs> and then he was exactly what was expected, to be fair. <laughs> but I think with those four, I think we were, uh, yeah, they could all be good shouts. Chaff, I'm sure a few of them were on your shortlist as well, but um, are there any that are missing that you, that you think deserve a shout? Maybe a few from before me and Ryan's time. I'll be honest with you, I've got a list longer than Magna Carta here. <laughs> um, the ones that you've mentioned, uh, very good points. The, the John Shaw thing, John Shaw was a little bit different to Jordan Williams in that, and he cost a lot of money, but John Shaw, had, he was, I think he was mid, mid to late, well, sort of 26, 27 when he joined us. I might be wrong there. Um, I think he was mid-20s, and I, I tend to think if you've not come up at that point, hmm then you're probably at the level you deserve to be. I know it's not always the case. Um, but yeah, he was a waste of space and we paid quite a lot of money for him. I think it was about 75, 80 grand or something daft like that for John Shaw. Um, Sarko as well. Horrendous. Didn't look like a footballer. Just looked like a comedy act. Just as a um, point on Sarko there, um, Ryan mentioned that he, he went to play for St. Pauli. I don't know if you know this, but he actually played as a sort of playmaking central midfielder for St. Pauli. I'm not even kidding, he weren't a target man, he weren't a centre-half. He played as sort of a, like, cam for St. Pauli. If you can believe that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, think this, I think they would have been in, like, the third tier of German football then, which, weirdly, like, tends to be a more technical um, style of play, which I'm, I'm not sure, but... 
Yeah, I, I spoke to in, Sam Powell fans about him before, and he's actually quite fondly remembered there. But obviously, not. in fairness, you wouldn't want him running at you if you were a defender, would you? <laughs> True, he was absolutely gargantuan, really. Yeah, and um, couple of other names I've got on here as well. The, the ones that are probably, well, definitely going to be from before your time. I've got Andy Morris, um, who was quite famous for a, 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 a I think he scored a goal in a FA Cup semi-final for. Chesterfield um, or it might have been League Cup I can't remember but it was a, I'm sure it was a semi-final of a cup competition and he, he scored live on telly and we ended up signing him and he was awful um, big target man didn't offer any goals or not many anyway um, and yeah nobody remembers him very fondly I don't think Mark Leonard um, I think he had a couple of spells with us and he was equally as garbage in both um, I only saw his uh, second spell, but yeah, terrible, terrible footballer. And um, another one who's quite early on, and it's bizarre this, but Mark Carter, he was, he was awful for us. Um, couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. But if you ask Berry fans, he's like regarded as a bit of a legend up there. <laughs> I'm sure he is. I'm sure they they remember him very, very differently to what, how we do. Um Paul Tate is absolutely getting a mention on it and I'll be honest with you, he's going to make my list as well. <laughs> he had a goal-scoring record that was worse than Calvin Andrews, Ryan. I don't believe you. I remember him signing <laughs> um, from Bristol Rovers and I do remember the back page of the Observer talking about the signing Bristol Rovers' top scorer, but if you did a bit of digging, you found out that he'd scored five goals and becoming Bristol Rovers' top scorer. So I think on paper it looked like a better signing than it actually was, and he ended up being... Yeah. Well, he was an embarrassment, weren't he? Yeah, but it, I think it was uh, mate of ours, James Appleton, like was having a, a go at us for slating a few weeks back because Grant Alt said something really positive about him in his book, said he was like a pleasure to work with and stuff like that, but no, I, I weren't buying into that at all. I remember, like, I'm sure we chanted hallelujah when he scored at Tranmere in an LDV Vans match at <laughs> some point. And he, he's another one who just didn't look like a footballer. No, he didn't. He's like six foot two. It reminded me of Rodney Trotter. <laughs> Imagine Rodney Trotter playing up front, trying to win balls from centre-half. It just didn't work, really. Um, and then I've got a couple of others. I've got Roland Burkamp, oh, uh, who was on loan from Brighton. Um I think it was under Steve Air, weren't it? And yeah. if there's ever anybody who has dined out on having a famous family member in the game of football, it must be that guy. Because uh, he was, <laughs> yeah, he had nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, Lee Buggy is another one who deserves a, a quick mention. We had him on loan from Bury, um, sort of under Parkins' first spell, overweight, slow, couldn't do anything. And Liam Dickinson uh, is getting a mention in our team. He will not get that same mention in Stockport's team. Um, he came here, I think he played 14 games, didn't score, and even himself uh, sort of acknowledges how poor he was for us as well. I remember him talking about it on the, the um, I Had Trials Once podcast. Uh, and he open admitted, openly admitted that he had an absolute stinker when he joined us. And then you've got Keith Barker. 
Yeah. Who, if you if, if you if you look really closely on Google Earth, somewhere over the Pacific, you can see that penalty. <laughs> you can see the ball still. <laughs> right, I'll come back to you on Barker because you were going to mention him earlier, weren't you? But what are your memories of him? Because he's another one that still gets mentioned as one of one of the worst players to ever play for us. It was just. It was annoying more than anything because he had every physical attribute you could possibly want in a football. He was the quickest player I think I've seen at Scotland, barring that Mabadidi for Charlton that time and Ariebe for, Char- uh, for Chesterfield. He was quicker than anything and he was a skinny lad, but he was quite strong. But he was just, just so bad. And I think it what what he did for me and I think plenty of others were, you know, you looked at academies in England and you thought if you've got the physical attributes, you're going to make it in some way, shape or form. You know, regardless of your technical ability, you know, if you're a big lad, you'll make it. If you're quick, you'll make it. If you're strong, you'll make it. Because he just didn't have an ounce of footballing ability. But what he did have was incredible pace but he was I genuinely think if he, if he went on Rochdale Sunday League now I don't think he'd do anything like he was he was that bad at, at football he was dreadful um, but yeah a, a couple on who Chaff mentioned I think Liam Dickinson is a strange one because if, if, we were, if we were ever to do one it's maybe a future podcast of this but if we were to do a future 11 on players who've played against us <laughs> He might get in it, but then when it came to us, he was awful, absolutely awful. Similar to Eldon, they were both awful, but Dickinson in particular. But yeah, I think Keith Barker was just—he had no football ability. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good job he was good at cricket. To be fair, he's actually yeah, on a, a career out of playing cricket, aren't he? At first. Is it what still at Warwickshire playing county level? No, he's at he's at Hampshire now. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, I think he was at Warwickshire for about ten years and was like one of their better players for quite a while. So uh, yeah, managed to get made, made his money somehow. Then yeah, that pace came in handy. I think uh, <laughs> in the county <laughs> championship instead. Um, uh, I, I've got quite a long list there, but I think you've mentioned all except one. So I'll just put Kevin Kyle um, out there who came on loan from Sunderland. Um, Go shout. Uh, he was he had a, a fine career really in the end didn't he? he was he was very good for Kilmarnock he had a good season at Sunderland um, for us I, I, I was just absolutely shocked at how bad he was um, he made his debut against Orient in a game that was on TV and when I watched it back later I'm sure that he asked Steve Parkin which way we were kicking when he was coming onto the pitch um, I think he scored one own goal in eight games with us something like that um, absolutely. Unbelievable that he managed to, to go on and be an actual half decent player because I, I was I never expected him to kick a football again once he left us to be honest. Um, so who are we going for for our three? I think for me Keith Barker's got to be in there. Um, I think we we're all agreeing on that. Chaff, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Keith, Keith Barker's in. Who else are you going for with Barker? Oh, it's, it's difficult. There's a lot of names there. I'm going to go with Paul Tate, and I'm probably going to go with. Sacco. Ryan, are you agreeing with that? Definitely happy to have Tate in there. Is there anyone you want to offer up as a as a a, a third striker? 
I'm not that happy with Tate, but if you two are going to scrap over it, then fine. <laughs> um, I was going with Sarko and then a tie between Shaw and Andrew. Right. Do well, about th- what you will. I think Chaff mentioned <laughs> Sacco as well. Um, so I think that we- I think that settles it. Um, There's a name that we've forgotten as well, and Eisden Christie. Oh god! Um, yeah. Just to throw a cat amongst the pigeons there. Yeah, he came. He was another one who came with like quite a good reputation, scored a, a, a decent amount of goals, didn't he, for Kidderminster? I think we actually paid a bit of money for him and Mark Jackson um, from Kiddy, and he was just he was just dreadful, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he'd met quite a few people's teams. To be honest, when he was that bad. I'm I'm not willing to put him in over any of the three we've got. Fair I've enough. got to say, fair enough. Deserves um, a mention. Yeah, definitely deserved a mention. So we're we happy with that team. I've got uh, Magnus Norman, Reese Brown, Neil Trotman, John Boardman, Michael Simpkins, Lee Cartwright, Ian Craney, Jordan Williams, Paul Tate, Keith Barker, and Marike Sacco. That is one bad side, isn't it? <laughs> Very much so. We'll put Calvin on bench for you, Ryan. Thank you. Um, is it thank you? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't do very well in the conference, I don't think, would it? I think it'd do. I think it'd do well to stay up in the conference. To be honest with you, goodness. I don't think it'd do well in the Rochdale and District Sunday League. <laughs> You've got to be a bad striker to get ahead of Calvin Andrew in this, haven't you? I think I think you're a little bit harsh on Calvin. I don't think he deserves to be in the same discussion as a few of the players we mentioned there, personally. But that brings um, our all-time worst Dale eleven to a close. Um, I'm sure you've enjoyed, is enjoyed the right words, <laughs> listening to some of our memories of these players. Um, all that's left for me to say is thanks for coming on again, Chaff and Ryan. Nice one, thank you very much, mate. Yeah, cheers again. Um, anyone any ideas on what we can do in future weeks without any news, give us a shout. Yeah, definitely open to feedback and ideas. Um, don't forget to subscribe on your chosen podcast platform and give us a like and on follow on Facebook and Twitter as well. And thanks for listening.